Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unfiltered Fitness Radio. As always, it's your host, Sarah Bishop, and today's episode is going to be a nice, short and sweet, quick one, going over some unfiltered fitness truths that I think you need to hear. And I think you need to hear it because it's the tough love that I always wish I had, and I know that other people could use to hear. So let's just get right into it. So this is, I'm reading off my notes section of my phone. So I, again, one of the reasons why I made a podcast is because I have a lot to say, but I don't always have a picture to go with it for Instagram. And let's face it, the selfies get old. So I definitely need to get on with just hiring a photographer and doing quarterly photos to have content for the gram. But because I don't have a picture for the gram to go over these unfiltered fitness truths, you guys get to hear it on the podcast. So you're welcome um, for not having a picture. But anyway, Let's just get right into it. And the first one is something, if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me say time and time again, your goal physique likely requires that you weigh more. This is a concept that was such an aha moment for me when I really first started getting into lifting weights. I remember when I was scouring the internet trying to find the quote-unquote best muscle building program, physique competitor program, fitness model program. These were all searches in my Google search history. But I remember coming across interviews from Hattie Boyle, who is a WBFF uh, fitness, yeah, fitness pro, um, And I remember reading through the interview and seeing her meal plan, seeing her workout program. And then if you got to the very, very bottom of, I think it was simplyshredded.com was the website. But when you got to the very, very bottom of the interview, it had her stats. And she was, I want to say 5'4", 5'5", and she weighed like something like 140 pounds. And I remember at that time being like, holy shit you know, I'm, I'm 5'4", and at that time was like 100 pounds soaking wet maybe, right? So I remember thinking, wow, like, and at this time, you guys, like, I was still very much connected to the scale, very much had a, a limit in my head as far as what I wanted that number to ever get to. I vividly remember telling my now fiance, or I'm sorry, my then fiance slash boyfriend, I think, no, he was definitely my boyfriend at the time, not my fiance, but my now husband. Um, I remember telling him, oh, I will be fat if I get over 115 pounds. And I remember seeing, again, reading those interviews and it clicking that, wow, to look like that, I have to have muscle. Muscle has weight. So that's why getting tied up with a number on the scale and a goal weight is something I really discourage because it it ultimately is going to hold you back. For example, for myself, you know, there was a time when I did not want to weigh over 108 pounds. I said that was it. That was as much as I could ever weigh. Um, I actually haven't weighed myself in about a month, but I am about 120 pounds. And 
I'm far from fat. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen my pictures. Um, I'm not a stick, but I have shape. And I'm, like I said, very far from fat. And if I had held myself back by staying under 110 pounds, I would never have the muscle mass that I have now and the muscle mass that I want to continue to build. Again, shape has weight. So your goal physique, again, most of my audience is into lifting, into, you know, maybe maybe you're not into competing, but you're into that kind of look, right? That fitness model kind of look. That physique requires muscle mass, which has weight. Now, the other kind of aspect of this that I wanted to touch on, and you've if you've been listening to this podcast for the last couple of episodes talking about hormones and reverse dieting and healing the body from the inside out, you'll have heard us talk about accepting that you might need to gain weight in the process of upregulating your metabolism and healing your hormones and, you know, letting go of that shredded look in your head. I know a lot of you out there listening can, you know, kind of relate to this. You know, you are scared to death to let go of your six pack, but ultimately that's what it's going to take to heal things like your thyroid hormones, your sex hormones, to get your period back. And you might have to accept some weight gain in order to get the look that you want long-term and not just the look that you want, but the health and the vitality and the performance benefits that you want in the long-term by letting go of the shreds, letting go of the scale and focusing on health. And health, this is a whole other podcast in of itself, but health is not directly related to your weight. Yes, there is a correlation, but you are so much more than a number on the scale. Um, So I'm going to stop ranting on that point, but that's really my first big, big point. And it's something I'm going to continue to talk endlessly about because it's something that I needed to hear so many times. Again, those those, um, Simply Shredded interviews, Hattie Boyle was one, Lauren Simpson was another one. So many, you know, girls that I looked up to when I first started my journey and, you know, again, knowing that, you know, they had, they weighed more and then seeing how they trained too, you know, looking at their training programs, there was no, you know, booty band kickback bullshit. There was squats and deadlifts and overhead presses. And that brings me to point number two of unfiltered fitness truths you need to hear. You aren't training as hard as you think you are. I see this all the time and it's something, I mean, I was there too. You are so much stronger than you think. Males, females, all of you out there. I remember that my favorite example of this was when I was a helping out um, on a research study and I was a lab assistant and one of the subjects came in and the first exercise that she was on the program for the study was a marble back squat. And I was supposed to work her up to a 10 rep max. So I asked her, you know, at the gym, you know, out here on campus, what do you normally put on the bar? She said, oh, normally I put 225s on there. Okay, that's 95 pounds. So I was looking at this girl and I was like, you can for sure squat more than 95 pounds. She was athletic. She had a good base of muscle. She looked like she knew, you know, at least the basic movement patterns of the squat. So I was like, okay, let's see. And again, in the back of my mind, I was like, you can definitely do more than 95 pounds. I worked her up to 155 pound squat 
for sets of 10. She held herself back by 60 pounds. Like, that's a good bit. You are always stronger than you think, and you always have a little more left in you than you think as far as your intensity and your gym output goes. Your When you're lifting, your, your last rep or two should not look like your first rep. If you're, you know, still moving at the same speed, you know, through, you know, let's just again use the example of a squat or a leg press. If that if that sled on the leg press is still moving nice and easy and then you stop your set, you probably had five more reps left in you. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go to mechanical failure, but you need to go close to it in order to again get that look that you want. Again, <laughs> muscle is very hard to build. Um, I need to make an entire episode just on building muscle, but you have to be sending a strong enough stimulus to tell your body to grow. And I know a lot of you out there are recovering or very much volume junkies. And you go into the gym and you do seven different exercises, three sets of 15, 10 to 10 to 15 each, and you know, you feel like you have to do more because you're not tired enough or you're not burned out enough. Well, if you chose five to six exercises and gave it your all, truly pushing it close to or to failure, you would have a bomb ass workout. Your body will start responding in ways that you didn't think it was possible, and it feels really badass to push yourself like that. Um, and I totally understand that it's it's hard to kind of do that on your own. So finding a good training partner, um, David Mathis was one of my training partners before he got injured. And if you listen to the podcast episode we did, I want to say that was episode three um, of Unfiltered Fitness Radio. We talked a lot about this. Um, so there's, you know, a couple people that I like to train with that really push it. And that energy is contagious. So lifting with someone that is a little bit stronger than you, a little bit more advanced than you and can push you, um, very, very, very helpful. So don't be afraid. I, the best thing you, you, I've talked about this on Instagram before too, the best thing that you can do to improve your physique starting today is to add those two and a half pound plates to the bar. Add just a little bit more weight. I rather see, for example, like a bicep curl. Like if my client were to send me a picture, a video of them doing their bicep curls, I rather them pick up the 20s and do six to eight reps than pick up the 10s and be doing 20 and still look like they could do 20 more. So that's some some fitness real talk. You likely are not training as hard as you think you are and you can always train harder. Next one, you haven't earned the right to diet. So many people come to me in this situation. Um, couple, I mean, I had an entire podcast on this, so I won't dive into it too, too much, but you may not be in the right place metabolically to diet. You might be currently eating 1,200 to 1,400 calories. Where are we going to pull from? You have not built up your metabolism to a place where one, it's going to respond to a diet at all. And two, that diet won't be successful if you try to diet from 12 to 1400 calories. So you need to reverse diet to upregulate your metabolism. Again, Shelby and I did a podcast episode all about this. The other thing, diet, noun. What does your diet look like? Your actual noun, the noun diet, what does that look like? 
that needs to be solid before you can verb diet, do the action of dieting, cutting your calories. What I see a lot of times is people aren't eating breakfast. They're, you know, eating basically like a toddler left alone at a birthday party, right? Grazing all day. Lunch maybe is good, you know, a good balance of, you know, salad and maybe some chickpeas for carbs and some protein. Um, And then they have, you know, some nice healthy dressing. And then it's like, that's, you know, kind of the extent of it. And then it's pizza, ice cream, um, you know, and beer for, you know, dessert, right? It's all over the place. Um, So establishing consistency with your diet noun and establishing, you know, eating enough protein, um, eating every four to six hours, or I'm sorry, eating four to six meals spaced evenly about every, you know, three hours or so, eating enough vegetables. Oh my gosh, you guys. I look at a lot of food diaries and a lot of people are, maybe they have some like peas like mixed in like a rice, like pee off thing, but that's about it, you know? So really establishing those good healthy habits. So I'm talking at least five servings of veggies a day, one to two servings of fruit a day. And if fruit doesn't, this is a good test. If you taste like a strawberry in like peak in Florida, it's February, in like peak season, and it doesn't taste sweet to you, we have some taste bud resetting to do. We need to get you away from, you know, the processed foods, which again, I'm, you guys know I'm all about hashtag balance, but hashtag balance doesn't mean like 50-50 whole nutrient-dense foods and then the other half, you know, cake and beer, right? It's it's mostly single ingredient, nutrient dense foods. Um, so establishing that one, you know, I wish more people would realize that if they took the time to do this, their actual diet, like when they go to cut and enter a fat loss phase, will be so much more successful. If you're eating a nutrient dense food with you know, potatoes and rice and all these proteins and veggies, you're gonna be so much more satiated. Um, a lot of the you know more processed foods are very calorie dense, right? So you, you know, when you go to like restrict your calorie dense diet, you know, you take out um, you know, your your trail mix and your high sugar cereals and stuff like that, you're gonna be left really hungry. And you're not going to know how to replace, you know, those foods with, you know, whole foods or you are, but you're going to hate the taste of them because, again, your taste buds are all whacked out from, you know, those highly palatable foods. So we need to really establish, again, this foundation of health. So along with, you know, earning the right to diet, how's your sleep? How's your stress? How's your gut health? If your digestion is crap, I am not going to restrict your calories any more than they are um, or at all because that's going to be an added stress to your body and your digestion is only going to get worse, right? And, you know, the other thing, the really cool thing that with this, if we can, if you can, you know, uh, accept the unfiltered fitness truth that you have not earned the right to diet and you can slow down and work on the basics like sleep, you know, a nutrient-dense diet, water, sunlight, you know, treat yourself like a nice plant, you know, like that, like give yourself some love and nurturing. I think you'll be really happy with how your body composition starts to change with, you know, regardless of what the scale says, we're in even, you know, not eating in a deficit. 
a you know a healthy body a body that's nourished with these nutrient-dense foods with water you're gonna be less bloated you're gonna be more vibrant you're gonna have more energy you're gonna look leaner just as a result of doing that so that's you know, a very hard kind of truth for a lot of people to accept. But, you know, this is something I've changed, you know, as I've become more experienced as a coach is I'll just tell people like, no, we're not dieting yet. Like these, these next four weeks are going to be spent, at least these next four weeks are going to be spent establishing your baseline habits to set you up for success in the long term. The last fitness truth that I want to leave you guys with is social media, the comparison game. That girl that you're following, that guy that you're following, that hashtag body goals, they might be using performance enhancing drugs. They might be started starving themselves and, you know, hurting their bodies to look like that. They may not even look like that. They may be using Photoshop or a lot of times, especially like competitors, um, so like bodybuilding competitors, will do a ton of photo shoots when they're stage lean. And then they'll only post the stage lean pictures or the, you know, very lean, close to contest prep lean pictures year round. And they don't even look like that anymore. The PED one is a big one. I mean, honestly, you guys, there's probably a lot of guys at your, even girls, at your local crunch fitness using using performance enhancing drugs, using different steroids or SARMs. And some of them might look good. Some of them might look like shit because it's the training that really and the diet that makes as much of a difference. Okay, I'm going to kind of backtrack here. If your diet is shit and your training is shit, steroids aren't going to do much for you. If your diet is good and your training is good, steroids are just going to take things to the next level. So being realistic about that, that, and I'm not saying that that's bad or good. Everyone makes their own choices. Um, actually, I need to bring someone on to have a podcast about um, different stor- steroids and performance enhancing drugs. So I think it is a topic that needs to be talked about more um, because it is like people use them and, you know, no harm, no foul, but just know that when you're comparing to, you know, even like your favorite, like bikini pro, even though that's like the you know, bikini is the least muscular division in bodybuilding, 95%, 99% of those pros are using something. And again, no harm, no foul, but due to different legalities or stigma, they probably aren't going to be forthright about that or, you know, super transparent. So you need to know that they're maybe holding back some details of their training program, right? You know, quote unquote, maybe they are taking some special supplements and you comparing to that is just not, it's just not realistic. And the other thing too, if you're comparing to someone that's been in the game for years, if you've been comparing to someone who has their baseline diet established, again, have you earned the right to diet? You may be comparing to someone when, you know, you're not living the lifestyle that is conducive to that hashtag body goals. You may not have enough muscle mass. You may not weigh enough, bringing it back to, you know, kind of the beginning of this podcast to achieve that look yet. So be very careful about who you follow on social media. I think Instagram, like I said, you know, I was very inspired when I first started out from a lot of fitness competitors, but I was realistic about what that look 
entailed, you know, and sometimes you might need to do a little little detox protocol, little social media detox if there's a lot of negative energy in your feed or if you just find that you're not in a place where you can follow these people. You know, I always say don't follow people because you want to look like them like or you know, have their body or have their life. Look up to them for like the traits they embody. So you know, if your favorite pro works hard, if they, you know, share their journey, they're like, hey, this is where I was, this is where, you know, I've been, this is how I got here. And, you know, they give you helpful information, helpful tips. Awesome. Um, the other thing, you know, those swipe workout video girls, those Fitzbo girls with the booty bands, again, you need to train hard to get the look that you want. And that rabbit hop bunny training, you know, kind of stuff, the jumping around in between every set and, and, you know, getting a, you know, chasing a, chasing a calorie burn is not the way that we build muscle. Actually, I'm going to have my good friend, Luke Miller of No Switch Fitness on the podcast for the next guest interview. And we're going to talk more about that. So I'm going to end this unfiltered fitness truth podcast right here. If you enjoyed these kind of like short and sweet real talk episodes, let me know. Um, And as always, I really appreciate the five-star reviews. It helps us get up the, the algorithm in iTunes. I even appreciate the four-star reviews. I mean, hell, like someone made a four-star review and said that I say you know too much. I've been trying to work on that. So maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't, maybe whatever, you don't give a shit. Maybe you think I'm a two-star. Anyway, all ratings and constructive feedback are appreciated. So again, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tag me on Instagram, take a screenshot. And I look forward to sharing more unfiltered fitness truths in the future. Um, If you got a laugh or if any of these resonated, let me know um, and go to the gym, go crush it. You're stronger than you think. And I will see you next time for another episode of Unfiltered Fitness Radio. 